Hello, everybody. Oh, it's been a minute. It's been some years, actually. I'm <laughs> glad to be back. It's kind of dusty in here. But um, I'm back. Hopefully, I'm back. Uh, I didn't want to do any half-assed jobs. I didn't want to come back if I wasn't mentally prepared. Um, I love you guys for supporting me. It means a lot because there's a lot of people that don't. And there's a lot of people that do. And for the people that only support me just to see what I'm doing that don't really like me, thank you, too. You know what they say, your haters, most loyal fans ever. And with that being said, I want to be honest. I'm going to try my best to be consecutive. I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to be back permanently, but I know when I met this person, you know... It was something that I had never heard of before. I've never heard of an intimacy slash masculinity, I mean, a feminine slash masculinity coach. And I just had to talk to her. Um, She's very nice, very sweet, love her vibe. She's amazing. I wanted to do this interview years ago when I was doing it regularly. So I'm glad she finally, you know, opened up. You know, but I cannot wait for you guys to listen, to learn. We talk a lot about what it means to be a man and a woman. There's a lot of roles that society is blurred now. So I definitely want to get into that. So I hope you guys listen and I hope you enjoy. Hey, how's it going? Hello, Doku. I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Glad to have you on Oh, it's a little dusty in here. I haven't done it in a minute, but, you know. <laughs> That's okay, you know. It's going to be a fresh start. <laughs> yeah, I have to shave the cobwebs and clean up a little bit in here. But how's your day going so far? It's going well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I really I'm enjoyed just... connecting with you earlier before we came on the podcast. I was so excited. I was like, let's just do it right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, and thanks for uh, coming on. I've been trying for, like, quite some time, but I understand you're, you know, busy and everything. I was trying to get you, what, do you remember what festival that was that you were doing when I was, oh. uh, I had first asked you? It was in 2021, I know. Ah, yes, I was creating an erotic arts festival, which is rather apropos given the nature of our conversation today, because it's somewhat related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So when I first saw you, like, I didn't know, like, I knew you were some kind of a counselor or a coach because I interviewed your uh, friend that was a intimacy coach, which I had never, you know, heard of before. Um, but I understand uh, from what I could ascertain, I thought you, once I got to, you know, know what you do a little bit more, I thought you were a what did I call it? A feminine slash masculine coach. And I thought you were for like people that wanted to be more masculine or, you know, wanted to be more feminine, but you got more in depth. So could you tell us what you really are like, what your real profession is? Yeah. Well, I'll preface this by saying Doku that it's, it's something that I am um, leaning into Um, for a number of years. I have been, working on exploring my, my eros, my um, connection to my own erotic nature, as well as 
deepening into my femininity and healing the relationship between the masculine and the feminine within myself. So I'm a healer and I am a coach um, and I'm really excited to be working with more women who are on a similar journey of returning to their feminine nature and, and healing their relationship to men and the masculine, both inside of themselves as well as in the world. Um, and in doing so, also healing their relationship to their femininity, uh, because that's been a really profound journey for me, both in my sexuality, in my relationships, and then just in general in the way that I move through the world. Okay, cool, cool. Now, one thing about is how do you do what you do? Like, what are some of your techniques? Yeah, so as of now, I've been doing um, workshops mostly online. Um, and, you know, there's a whole range, Doku, of, like, when I think about making change in people's lives, right, there is the more theoretical, philosophical understanding of principles, and then all the way down into the the kind of visceral embodied, like in the flesh experience of what that is like. And so the way that I try to work is I'll flow between more, um, it can be even spiritual or metaphysical energetic principles and helping people to understand on a broader picture, like what masculine and feminine energy is, what erotic energy is, all the way down to helping someone in the moment um, move through what is coming up in their body, what is happening in their emotional field. Because the truth is, Joku, that if something just stays as a, like, a philosophy or an idea in the mind, there's no real change happening. And yet, sometimes there needs to be reorganization at the level of kind of conscious understanding, you know, like uh, intellectually oriented understanding but then that also has to flow down into the person's like emotional field and, and their body. So I do work a lot around embodiment and connecting to the a person's emotions, but I also help provide broader frameworks um, and teachings that, that give different context to understanding of, the, of these concepts. Um, and then that naturally like shakes up people's systems and I help them start to reorient as they grapple with like how does this actually apply in my life and right here right now as as we're discovering it and exploring it together okay cool now earlier we were talking and you said that women are um, almost shamed when they're a bit too like what did you mean by that yeah, thank you for the question. Well, um, Doku, I will say, you know, I think that the shame can go in both directions um, of being deemed too masculine or too feminine. Um, I know that when women are very heavily in their masculine, I think of the way that Hillary Clinton presents as an example of this, um, you know, this boss babe personality, like, the woman CEO, the empowered woman in charge kind of um, persona, 
that can be shamed or criticized by being like, oh, she's a she's a cold bitch. Like that is like a common uh, a phrase that someone might use for a person like that, a woman like that. And there can be this um, this degradation of that woman for being um, not sensitive or not emotional or not caring. She can be seen as very cold and hard in a way that a man who had the same behavior would not be deemed that way. Um, but on the flip side, Doku, um, what I think we were talking about earlier is that in the last couple of decades, many women who, especially in the circles that I run in, which tend to be people who are interested in spirituality and consciousness, uh, women who are interested in, in personal growth and development, there's actually been more of a normalization of women um, taking on and leaning into more masculine characteristics like um, being leaders, um, taking on roles as CEOs or, or leaders in companies, um, this kind of empowered feminine um, role model that I certainly grew up with is has been encouraged for many women in my generation. And what I have found for myself is that in starting to heal and in starting to let go of some of the armoring and these protective mechanisms that I've been using to keep myself safe in my perception, I've discovered, Doku, that I actually feel so much more natural and so much more in flow when I am in a more feminine energy and I feel that this return, this reclaiming of the rightfulness of women being in their feminine energy, that is something ironically, seemingly that can often be shamed. Like women who want to take charge and be the primary breadwinner of their houses, they're, they're congratulated. Whereas a woman who might say, you know what, I love being a homemaker and I love supporting my man and I love that he has this big career, these big ambitions. And I just really love being um, being in a more traditional role that is actually shamed more, I find, than this um, more masculine version of femininity, of feminine expression. Yeah, well, I feel like there's an agenda around where you know, society is pushing people to be more, you know, like men to be more feminine and, you know, women to be more, you know, women to be more masculine. Like, you turn, you see people that you would normally, you know, men that you would normally look up to and like pink fingernail polish. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, like, Absolutely. I don't nothing wrong with that if that's you know who you are right but at the same time when like everybody's doing it at the same time it kind of looks kind of fishy mm -hmm. this book about you know the feminist agenda and you know i consider myself a feminist personally but um the book was talking about how the uh, government has taken the feminist agenda and used it as a weapon against women. You know, it's mm. kind of like you said earlier, there's no such thing like 
toxic masculinity is only toxic when the masculinity is gone. You mm-hmm. know, because it's not masculine to tear a woman down. It's not masculine to tear anybody. Right. You know. Exactly. But, but people are, you know, I, I feel like a lot of like being masculine actually like means they think tough or or something like that but it's more to it than that you know right exactly oh my gosh so many things to say off of this doku but um but yeah exactly that that true masculine nature there is a strength and a power and a clarity in that but that can be used for good or for evil like it you know uh, we talked earlier about this idea of if there's a war, there's an invader coming into your house or your territory, like the same sword that can cut off the invader's head or like protect the family is also a sword that can be used for ill, that can be used to like hurt people and do damage. And I feel like we as a society have condoned bashing of men and bashing of masculinity as a whole because there are distortions in perception around what masculinity really is, what masculine energy really is. And, um, and I think it's really detrimental because it's, it's stripping men of their right to express themselves fully and to embody, not for the sake of being something that they're supposed to be or that society tells them they should be, but for each man within himself to find what is the natural and rightful expression of myself as a man in this world. And, and we as women and society as a whole to be, um, you know, shaming men for expressing their, their masculine nature is, it's doing damage to everyone, including us as women. And, you know, as it relates to sexuality and turn on, I, I, see so many women and I include myself you know before I started doing this work who hold this double standard they're like I want to have I want to have a man who's 50 50 with me or I want to have a man who like I can lead if I want to and I can be in charge and you know or, or I want to be in charge and let him not be the be the leader because that's so misogynistic or traditional and yet when it comes to their erotic life or their romantic life, they feel resentful because some other part of them is connected to this feminine desire to be cherished and to be held and to be protected. And that is naturally provided. That is part of the masculine provision. Now, masculine, whether that's in a man or a woman, it's the masculine energy that provides, that protects um, and the feminine is, is the energy that receives and expresses. And if we as women are not in rightful relationship to our feminine essence and we're confused or we're scared because we've had experiences or history of trauma in our, in our family, in our heritage that lead us to have these distorted perceptions of what masculinity is, of course we're never going to trust a man. Of course, we're never going to be able to lean into a more polarized dynamic with a man because we're too scared, too angry, too hurt to really open our hearts and our beings to to receive a man in his masculine energy. Um, But 
at the same time, I do think that that's a deep desire of the feminine um, and feminine essence beings to to be provided for and cared and ch- for and cherished in our sensitivity. Um, but mm-hmm. that takes a lot of inner work on our ends as women to to open into that and to to heal those aspects inside of ourselves. Yeah, I feel like it's on both sides. Like in the African American community, um, uh, most uh, black men and uh, complain is, "Oh, women are too independent," or you know, women don't let us be men. But it stems from you know, a lack of like male positivity, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it you know, it, it's, I feel like it's a full circle and it has to deal with everybody. Like there was a guy, maybe her father, and he saw he treated her mom wrong or her mom, you know, father wasn't there and she saw her mom doing everything by herself. So she was like, well, if my mom can do it, I can too. And now she's this, you know, independent woman and she finds a nice guy that wants to take care of her, but she has that reserve or I can do it on my own because I saw my mom did it because the guy wasn't there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Doku, I mean, my heart goes out to, you know, this, (laughs) this archetype of a person you're talking about and all women who struggle in this way because we have to understand that this comes from a place of pain. It comes from a place of wounding because if a woman grows up, a girl grows up and dad is absent or maybe dad is abusive, right? That's Mm -hmm. part of my family history, like sociopathic men uh, in my family history. Like if that's part of the, not my father, but that's, um, there is this internal archetype that's created of like, I can't trust men. Men don't show up for me. Like I have to learn to put on my boots and pick myself up and and do it myself. And and for a little girl if she's seen that with her mother and she's never had that modeling of a benevolent, kind, powerful, masculine leader in her family she's going to probably have to really grapple with how, how to open to receiving that in her own life because that would bring up a lot of fear, like to, to let herself open to really receive a man and to trust that, that he wants to and can take care of her. Like that is so scary. Yeah. And I think it takes a huge amount. It has for me a huge amount of bravery as a feminine being to choose because it is a choice to take off our armor and risk our hearts and that in order to do that we do need to develop a great deal of discernment to be able to tell the difference between is this like benevolence and love is this a leadership or a man that I feel like I can let go and and be taken care of by, or is this not someone who is safe for me? And so that's the other piece, and that's the more masculine aspect of being able to like parse out what is what and discern so that the feminine aspect can 
feel safe to be in her full expression. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. But I had no idea that you said women aren't really allowed to be um, masculine in some settings. Um, well, well, you know, not masculine, but feminine yeah. in some settings. I, I mean, absolutely. Um, it, it's all context dependent, Doku. And, you know, I have been raised and had my experiences in this certain cultural ambiance. And in other cultures, there would be, or different aspects of American culture, there would be different societal norms. But um, certainly in a lot of the environments that I grew up in, um, being a feminine woman was almost seen as being weak or being passive or like, why aren't you stepping up? Why aren't you trying to compete with men? Why aren't you trying to be in this more forward facing energy instead of uh, a more feminine energy? But that's, again, that's part of my lived experience and the cultural milieu that I grew up in. Um, But that's not to say that that's, you know, a phenomenon all over. Yeah. Because like I was saying, um, I experienced the same thing, like just being a black man in America, like, I, you know, I feel like as far as us goes, we can't be too intense. Like, it's the same with us. Like, yeah, like I was telling you, it's the uh, Key, Key and Peel skit. They were talking about how them being mixed with white when they get in a room full of African-American people their voice goes down an octave. And it's not even like they're mm-hmm. trying. It's something that involuntarily, because they want to appear more masculine. Because, you know, there's a stigma on light-skinned men, you know. They're kind of, you know, they say they're kind of mm-hmm. like soft or something. And then there was a skit they were doing, you know, it was like he was saying, oh, honey, I got us tickets to the opera tonight. I'm so excited to go with you. Um, Jordan comes up. And he's like, so, uh, you know, those tickets going to be 275 for both. I got them for the low, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. Jordan was talking. And then when the guy walked off, he was like, oh, my God, I almost got robbed, you know. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so that's something. And I even noticed it with myself when I'm, you know, with guys, you know, I tend to, you know, be more masculine. But mm. when I'm around, like, people in my community, I stay at the uh, – in Highland Park, which is a predominantly Caucasian community, you know, mm. I do find like I have to, uh, or I find myself talking a little bit lighter, you know? Mm. Yeah. I'm aware of that because not only am I African American, I'm a guy, and that's a, that's a whole nother topic. But, yeah. you know, not only am I African American and I'm a guy, you know, but, you know, I'm also a personality. Like, you can, walk in a house if I'm there you gotta know you know yeah Yeah. so I find myself having to like turn myself you know adjust my masculinity you know a little bit too you know yeah thank you so much for sharing that and it, it sounds like in some ways you've feel like you need to make yourself less threatening or less imposing and to, to make other people feel safe, kind of shrinking that masculine aspect of yourself in certain contexts. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And, yeah. you know, I see this too um, in, in dating between men and women. And certainly in my own experience, I, I've observed a lot of men who, mm, who feel like they need to be more feminine to make a woman comfortable um, yeah. and toning down their potency. And when I, before I started to, to really heal some of these aspects in myself, I'm not going to lie. I was a lot more comfortable with those kind of men because it's like, whew, you know, it, it feels as a woman, when, when a man is not grounded in his masculinity, it's like, I got this man wrapped around my finger. Yeah. Like I can do whatever I want. You know, I say, I need this, I need that. And he's just like my little boy toy. And I mean, I'm cringing as I say this, like it doesn't, uh, it's not something I would be proud to admit, but there was an aspect of me that felt like I wasn't threatened by a man who had kind of a weak masculine core. And as I have started to like really integrate and heal these deeper aspects in myself, oh my God, Doku, I love a deeply grounded masculine man. Yeah, It still scares the shit out of me sometimes because like, I but, can't control him, you know. But I mean, that's how it, you know, that's how it, you know, I feel like that's how it should be. Like, yeah, a, a lot of lines are blurred, but at the end of the day, right is right, wrong is wrong. Like, one, like the word submit, like you want a woman to submit to you. In today's day and age, the word submit is very cringy, right? But, but people don't know what that word means. Like, I made a post the other day. And um, uh, somebody made a comment like, oh, why would, you know, you want to submit or be a good girl uh, when you can be <laughs> an independent woman or something like that? But you could mm -hmm. be both. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like submit. Yeah. You know, and one thing I learned about women, they're not going to submit. You, you got to be on your stuff. Like, oh, you yeah. say, oh, I want a woman to submit to you. You know me, right? And you know you're not fully there, you know, right? Right. Because I mean, it's like I've if seen I like the most mm -hmm. stubborn women submit, and you would never think they were would in a million years, but they found a guy has mm -hmm. a good job, has a good head on his shoulders, mental stability, and you know <laughs> she's like, yeah. okay, you know I can lean, but she's still a boss, you know, like she's still uh -huh. her, still running her magazine company. But at the end of the day, she's like, okay, I know, you know. Yep. Right. Because these are also different contexts. Um, a woman who is a businesswoman, a professional woman, we have to be in more masculine energy in those spaces because we're professionals um, and leaders. And But at the same time, as you say, I do feel like in the, the deep essence of most women, many women certainly there is this deep yearning to submit and surrender and let go of control and to feel cared for and when a woman's able to access that like for the first time it can be so liberating and so beautiful and deeply nourishing um but as you say and this is rightful a woman isn't going to surrender or submit to a man that she can't trust. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of my teachers, Jillian Pothier, she teaches about feminine eros. 
she says there the four pillars of like what the masculine really craves from the feminine are trust appreciation respect and approval and when a woman is able to offer that trust appreciation respect and approval to a man like oh he just feels like he is the man but that doesn't come like there's a fine line here because i think we as women when we're able to integrate these deeper shadow aspects we can move forward into the world from a, a frequency of appreciation and respect and trust not necessarily trusting every man because that would be foolish or every you know but like a trust that is anchored in faith and anchored in our connection to god and anchored in our connection to ourselves and we can emanate that and offer that as a gift to every man that we come across at yeah. the same time like men have their role as well because if i as a, a very competent capable woman if i am going to surrender whether that's sexually or you know in a partnership with a man i need to really feel that he's got me yeah. so i would ask you know for men like how reliable are you how good is your discernment are you capable of standing up and taking appropriate action even when it's difficult are you able to draw a line where you need to draw a line do you follow through on your words are you honest are you grounded are you confident do you trust yourself because if you don't and then you're turning to your woman and saying well she just won't surrender to me like of course she's not surrendering to you and nor should she right because yeah. that would be foolish on that would be a lack of discernment on the part of a woman to just give herself freely to a man who fundamentally is not um someone who's reliable and has her best interests at heart yes cuz like i you, you know it, it's it's the thing that you just have to do i feel so it's one of those things where okay if i'm going to do this i'm going to make sure it's the right person because mm -hmm. you know if you marry an idiot you're going <laughs> to have to you know, you know you're going to have to submit you're called to submit to your husband so you mm -hmm. know and and submitting doesn't mean you can't do you know like like a Beyonce even said she submit to Jay-Z and you know she's like a powerhouse <laughs> she's like the person, absolutely you know but um yeah but i feel like if we all like get on one accord you know like i said i definitely feel like there's a you know agenda out there to screw us all up because you know we're people are intimidating you know what mm -hmm. i mean and yeah. if we you know stick together we're a force to be you know reckoned with you know if you have masculine men you know powerful men it's hard to tear down a community with powerful men inside of it Exactly. You know, and if you have feminine women, when something goes wrong, they can nurture the men. Mm. You know, so we can't have none of that. We, you know, we can't. Mm -hmm. We're trying to do something; they gonna mess it up. So, but yeah, I definitely think that it's a um, it's a two way street. But yeah, I kind of feel like, and I don't mean to be this person. But I kind of feel like it's more responsible 
for men than women. I feel like, you know, even from like the uh, independent woman, you know, on down to the uh, women being standoffish a little bit, I feel like it stems from uh, men and, you know, mm-hmm. men being taught wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of homegirls and they're like, like, say, for instance, the other day, uh, I I go to the dog park every day in my community uh, because it's private. And uh, one of the new guys uh, met one of my friends for the first time and asked her out, like, within two weeks, hey, you want to go to the pool? And it made her feel, you know, uncomfortable. Mm. You know, and I asked, I said, um, why do you feel uncomfortable? And she said, because guys are, you know, some guys don't take rejection well and mm. they go left. You know, she wasn't saying that right. he directly, but it was the, it was the uh, response that he put her in. Right. So thinking, oh, I didn't respond. Is he going to get upset? Is he going to notice? You know, so it kind of made her feel uneasy. Or, right. Or and it's it's happened it's happened to me too. Like I was at a um, you know drive through, you know, saw a girl that looked like Zendaya. I'm not about to pass that up. You know, <laughs> and maybe, maybe we could, you know, get some coffee or something. And you know, she said that made her feel uncomfortable because, mm. like I said, and I've worked at spas, so <laughs> I can attest to this. Some guys don't take rejection all too right. well. Like, you know, when, right. we were, when we were in high school, you know, if you didn't like us back, you magically became ugly. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. Yeah. But, but, but it, it, it was like a magic wand. Like, yeah. Like, like, a... Well, you're ugly anyways. I don't uh-huh. even like you like that. Yeah. There's a great line <laughs> in the, the recent Barbie movie. I've actually thought of that movie a few times in this conversation. Doku. I was about to bring it up. I swear. Yeah. But I was scared because we're on strike, so I can't talk about ah, certain things. That's but. right. Well, so uh, the, the part I was thinking of, Doku, was um, when it's the beginning of the movie and, you know, Barbie wakes up and the narrator saying, like, every day is a great day for Barbie. And you see her going through her breakfast and getting on her clothes. And then she goes to the beach and, you know, smiling. And every day is a great day for Barbie. And then you see Ken, who's beach Ken. And he's there because, of course, he has a crush on Barbie. And he's seeing her come his way. And the commentator says, and here's Ken. He only has a great day when Barbie smiles at him or something like that. (laughs) And it's like exactly what you're saying of, you know, men being so sensitive to or affected by the the affect of women. You know, if, if a woman smiles at you or if she criticizes you, like how that affects you as a man and. You know, and I, I hear you on that, that there is a responsibility of men. And I would say, you know, the responsibility that I see for men is to be so grounded in themselves and so confident in themselves that they're not going to be thrown around by the emotions of a woman. Not to say that they don't care about a woman's feelings and a woman's sensitivity, because that would just be like sociopathic, but that men are so grounded and confident in themselves that whether a woman rejects them or not, they're going to stay calm and stay grounded. 
because I can tell you, Doku, I mean, even just on a dating, as a dating tip, like when I have had interactions with men who have expressed interest in me or wanted to take me out. And if I reject them or say I'm not available and they are cool with it and I can see that they they don't step away from their desire and, and the power of what they want and their interests, like they own it and claim it, but also they're not attached to the outcome. That is actually super attractive to a woman, at least to me, when I can see that in a man because it actually builds trust. Again, these pillars of trust, appreciation, respect, and approval. I can't really trust a man who is going to be blown around by, you know, whether I smile at him or not. That's not a man that I can really trust because he's not grounded in himself. He's looking to me and my approval of him for his sense of stability. Um, and ultimately that, that won't, that won't work. However, you know, and you were saying men have so much responsibility in this, women also have responsibility. And when I hear you talk about these scenarios of, um, you know, women feeling uncomfortable with men asking them out or being more forward without context, there's nuance to this, but as long as a man is being aware of the environment and kind of aware of what's what's appropriate in that context, I think it's great that men go forward and take initiative and ask women out and be bold. Like that is a very classic masculine characteristic, this kind of boldness and here is my vision and here's what I want and let me propose this to you, you know? Yeah. And I think that on the feminine side, these women who are uncomfortable, again, I don't know the context, you know, was it creepy? Was it inappropriate? There are ways that that could have been, you know, a no-go for the man. Yeah. But as a woman, as a feminine being, our superpower is in being able to feel and be with big sensation. And it can be very uncomfortable to receive, I'm going to use this word, but it's not in a sexual sense, the penetration, the kind of energetic thrust of a man's desire out into the world, even if it's just someone asking you out, that's a lot of sensation to take as a woman. Yeah. And if we as women are just, we're, we're too guarded or tense or afraid or uncomfortable, like because we're people pleasing or we've had trauma around men and we are not able to kind of receive a man's proposal in that way, and it makes us cringe, like that is where we need to do our own work to heal the aspects of us that don't feel safe and that don't feel grounded enough in the truth of our bodies and the truth of our feelings to be comfortable, you know, saying what, speaking what is true for us, even if that is saying, oh, wow, thank you so much. I'm not interested. Or even just to say no. Like there is a way that we as women can can access our no that is still deeply gracious and respectful to the masculine while still honoring ourselves. And I feel like, again, coming back to this theme of, of men being emasculated and, and women not knowing how to be in their feminine, in their feminine, I feel like that is, that is a place of growth for women as well, to be able to be with the sensation of a man 
you know, putting himself forward and asking you out and being grounded enough in our own bodies and safe enough in our nervous systems that that we can be with that. And we don't then try turn to men and say, well, you should just never take initiative because it makes me uncomfortable. That part is our responsibility as women to do the work for ourselves. Exactly. And, and it's funny because I was working at Alamo um, Draft House uh, when Barbie came out and I, I was like, I, I felt secondhand embarrassment for Ken. You know, I was mm. like, she doesn't like you, buddy. Like, can yeah. I come over tonight? Every girl. And I was like, how many times does she have to tell you? But that is true. Like, sometimes guys, when a girl tells them, oh, I'm not interested, to them, that's just like, try harder. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, like, we will literally think of scenarios in our heads, <laughs> like, does he really like me? For example, there's this girl. I ain't gonna say no names, but um, <laughs> I asked her out, and she was like, "Oh, I don't see you lo- like that." Mind you, the first experience um, she had with me was horrible. She came to my day dinner late, and everybody split the bill, and she felt like, "Well, why do I have to split the bill? I only got a little." Mm. you know now one would argue if she was on time you know Mm -hmm. but you know so she felt a certain type of way about that and um you know I called her and when she said she wasn't interested you know what went through my head was you know she just hasn't had the doku experience you know (laughs) you know she just she's not interested because she doesn't know me that's yeah. it. It's not because she's not interested. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I ended up giving uh, the Doku experience. And then <laughs> at the end of the day, like, oh, my God, I spent so much money. I spent at least a grand on her because uh, it was her birthday. And I was like, oh, I want to, you know, I was trying to press, press her because, uh, you know, I came off kind of broke at my party. So I'm like, I want to make sure she knows the real me. And the answer was still no. You know, mm. after that, you know, I wish I would have got it sooner, you know, maybe a hundred dollars in, but, <laughs> but, you know, the answer was, you know, still no. At the end of the day, she told me no from the, you know, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I it, do it, think, yeah, that level yeah. of transparency is, is important. And yeah, I mean, the, when it comes to spending money, I mean, I am in a place in my relationships where I am a very gracious receiver of men's financial provision. Like if a man wants to take me out for a dinner, I'm down with that. And I really don't desire to be splitting the bill. At the same time, this is where like a man's self-worth also plays in, right? Like, do you feel like you need to impress the woman? Are you kind of doing backflips and spending all your money trying to, to get her to, to feel like, oh, she's, she's special and you are, you are a good, a great man and all of this. And it's like, there, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I do feel like things are built over time, you know, like yeah. a man who's if throwing down all of the money, like up front, it's like, it, it's an investment that we make in one another. You know, if I'm going out with a man I'm investing my time, my energy, I'm opening my feminine receptivity to this man and 
hopefully able to be in this space of graciousness and receivership and expression with him. And in turn, if it feels good to him, he can show up with his, you know, with his provision of me. And that can include financial provision of me. But it has to be in balance, right? Like, and this is where, you know, this idea of um, the, what are they called? Like uh, women who, gold diggers, right? Like they're just out for yeah. the money, but there's no love. And it's like, would, would, if you're really respecting yourself as a man, would you just be like throwing down for a woman who's like using you, you know? But, but it's not necessarily the case if there is a real sense of like, we are flowing energy back and forth. It's about the flow of energy. And I think that that flow um, has to be built organically over time. Like yeah. it's, it's a trust and a, a, a flow of giving and receiving that can grow into something really profound, but it can get out of balance when, um, when it's not grounded in a place of loving ourselves, knowing ourselves and having good discernment of like, what is the nature of this dynamic in this moment? Exactly. Like, and I don't know if you knew this, but uh, one thing Greta was imminent about, because, uh, uh, you know, during some takes, you know, I don't know how, if you know how movies are made, but like each take could be different, improv yeah. a little bit. And uh, Margot Robbie was apologizing to Kim, uh, Ken and and one thing she never wanted her to do was apologize you know mm. it's nobody's fault if you don't like that person you don't owe that person a relationship you mm. know so there's nothing to apologize for you know and that's right. why she wanted you know Ken to know you know maybe it can just be Ken you don't have to live for me maybe you know just realize that you're enough on your own Mm, our relationship absolutely Absolutely. and she she also said during uh the big speech more guys were crying than girls (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and um you know I think that's because you know they like men we have our own set of issues like how you said uh women aren't really allowed to be the feminine beings that they should be uh men aren't really allowed to be the masculine beings that they yeah should be you know we have a lot of you know issues and you know they're kind of parallel to each other and i find it funny because they're also caused by each other too i know Mm -hmm. most um you know most african-american women wants a guy that's really really super manly and if he comes off a little bit too feminine you know like I have uh, a friend that said she wouldn't date a guy you know that wore pink you mm. know what I mean which pink is just a color at the end of the day right you know? but I feel like that's where toxic masculinity comes from because you get things like that and then you're like okay well I'm gonna be super masculine and then you end mm-hmm. up in it you Mm -hmm. know you know trying like masculinity is something you should um try like it's kind of like the guy that played on did i get married i forget his name but he said as long as you have a mom and dad you have masculine and feminine energy the Mm -hmm. key is to like balance out the two yep 
Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, Doku, I would love to talk with you more, although I do need to wrap up and um, and get on to the rest of my day. But this has been so much fun talking definitely, to you. Definitely. We're definitely going to have to do it again. We're definitely going to do a part two because I had like so many more questions to ask you. Yeah. Uh, but but I'll ask you this one and then we'll sure. for later. Uh, what do you do like uh, besides your profession in itself, how do you like give back to your, you know, community? Do you like volunteer at women's shelters or speak or like how do you give back? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, well, I'm part of a dance community here that I volunteer with here in New York, um, mm-hmm. and I also have been. I've been. It's a good timing because I actually have been reaching out to some friends about looking into more volunteer opportunities here in the city Um, Mm -hmm. because at this point I don't I don't do any specific volunteer work with women but I also would say you know just the way that we move through the world is really important the way that we treat people is really important and so for me I really tried uh, to make it I try to be very intentional about the way that I, the kind of energy I bring into the interactions that I have just on a day-to-day basis. And as it relates to this conversation, one simple example is treating every man that I meet with a deep sense of respect. And, And not, again, it doesn't mean that like, I'm not discerning about behavior in men that is that is unsafe or that is somehow harmful, but treating people with respect and um, and making that a priority, like the way that I stand in line at the coffee shop, the way that I talk to the the person down the street. Like I feel like all elements of our interactions with people are an opportunity to be in service to one another. And when we're able to see see the divine in each human that we're interacting with and really be present and um and and see that most elevated aspect of that person that is a form of service in and of itself um and so that is one way that i try to to give back just in my day-to-day life is um through the the energy i bring and the way that i interact with people as i move through the world Definitely, definitely. Well, thanks for coming on. You, we got to do a part two, definitely. Uh, yes. You didn't hear my dog barking in the background, did you? Oh, a little bit, a little bit. It just added <laughs> some spice, you know, yeah. some extra spice to the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> to say hi. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Like I said, again, thanks for giving me your time and everything. Uh, I definitely want to do another one whenever you're free again. I've learned a lot myself, so I can't wait for it to come out to see people's feedback and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, Doku. Well, thank you so much for talking, and I look forward to next time. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.